Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast, trudging through the snow of December. No, it's a, it's a happy time. We're not trudging. We're we're gallivanting. Skipping we're skipping you know, gleefully in the snow. Yeah, making snow angels or staying inside because it's cold. It might be cold in your neck of the woods. It's somewhat cold in ours. I'm a League Lady Six. I am one of your three hosts. I am joined as ever by my good friends Tectic and Nerd Bomber, and today we will be taking you through the the adventurous jungle, the dangerous jungle, the jungle. Dangerous. The Game Awards. It's dangerous. Don't go alone. What does what, what does the Zelda thing say? That is Zelda, right? Yeah, take the, the sword. Thing. Yeah, you, you shouldn't go alone. So we'll be talking about the Game Awards and the like twenty plus something trailers that came out. Kind of walking through a lot of those things. And that's that's going to take us probably through the entirety of this week's episode. So get your video game hats on if you have one. If you don't, then just kind of put yourself in the right mindset. Before we get into all that, though, I have a I have a confession. Well, it's not really a confession. It's like it's me admitting something. I have an admission, which is I have reached an age. I, I think it's it's been it hasn't been definitive for a while, but I've been thinking this for years. But I think after my experience today, it is definitive. I have officially eclipsed the age at which I can eat McDonald's and recover anything after that for like the rest of the day. I feel terrible. Really? Shout out to McDonald's. I cannot eat McDonald's anymore. What did you eat though? Like That's really yeah, important. Yeah, that's kind of critical. I had some McNugs and I had a double G. That's it. Huh. But it's an, it, was a, it was enough for me to... I just, I felt bad. Like, I think nauseous, but also just like, it kind of goes, the feeling goes beyond nausea. Did you have it with a Sprite No Ice? Because the Sprite No Ice kind of combats it a little bit. My fountain beverage of choice at McDonald's, I always get Coke. Because the McDonald's Coke is the best Coke there is. The McDonald's Sprite is the best Sprite there is. Don't at me. Um, I will refrain from adding If you you guys would like to at me, you can. Yeah, what is... That's at OW86, at OW Technic, at OW Nerd Bomber. What is the best fountain soda choice at McDonald's? Is it Sprite? Is it is it Coke? Or is it something weird like Fanta? I don't even know if McDonald's does Fanta. Fanta, Fanta. Be... Don't you want a Fanta, Fanta? No. We all remember that. Uh, or at least I do. That jingle. I think, it, I think it played before movies a lot. But yeah, I, I, I can't... Look, I had the McDonald's about an hour and a half ago. No, much more than that, actually two two and a half hours ago just about and i haven't I st- i'm still feeling the effects i'm in have the process you, of recovery but have it's you not considered feeling well. that you are just a wimp <laughs> i have considered that and it's it's not i don't have to consider that for very long because i know that it's true right i i'm willing to admit that about myself but i'm also willing to admit that my body is warning me <laughs> like it's it's not outlandish to think that mcdonald's is doing something terrible to my body and my body's like whoa there whoa there soldier maybe take a beat and think about ever eating that again and and think you know think better of it not a sponsor <laughs> not a sponsor i say this knowing full well that in like whatever a month or some amount of time probably more than a month but less than three months i will go back to McDonald's there's a reason why that type of food is mainly considered either drunk food or hungover food because your your body already feels like trash so it's just kind of it's one of those you're in too deep and you're trying to keep it all down so let me push back on that for a second though because i think what you just did was you bundled the likes of burger king and wendy's in i could eat burger king right now oh see that's weird be, burger king is fine. the worst of those three mcdonald's yeah, and what? wendy's Who are like to burger king? wendy's if you want me. like a gourmet burger you go to wendy's if you want just like fast food you go to mcdonald's and there is there is no gourmet burgers well you know gourmet compared to like fast food places they're high quality cheap garbage yeah but like burger king has no place yeah you're wrong i think burger king makes the best burger of the three places i I think the public disagrees with you because there are fewer and fewer burger kings in and you want to know what i'm gonna say to that don't add him just don't add him he's wrong i will say every time i go to burger king i'm like i think i may be single-handedly propping up this <laughs> this corporation like there's never anyone there which is great because I, I go right through the line there the burger king chicken nuggets let me tell you about the burger king chicken nuggets for a second they are giving those things they're practically paying me to take them that's where they are with the, with the chicken nuggets you can get 10 i'm pretty sure as of this recording you can get 10 nuggets at burger king for a dollar 49 that's insane that's i that that's should give you pause. Right about that 
that like that should give you pause it, a little bit. It give it, well, it gives me pause, but I have to consider the economy, the shareholders, right? The shareholders. I, I look. I take that bullet every time. Look, they're not good. I will say McDonald's best nuggets in the game, also best fries in the game, but their burgers are subpar. That is my Wendy's best chicken sandwiches in the game. It's their spicy chicken sandwich. I'm hungry now. Wendy's is the best I, burger in the game because they have the pretzel bun brioche burger. Mm-mm-mm, good. I've worked past my nausea and feelings of badness about eating McDonald's and now I'm hungry again. So that means we can proceed Happy to help. With, with the regularly scheduled episode. So again, the Game Awards 2022. I feel like before we get into the nuts and bolts, the games, the various games that we saw, because we saw a lot of games, a lot of trailers, this was a good time for someone like me to be a video game fan because i feel like we saw much more cinematic trailer content than gameplay trailer content which is the kind of trailer content i get down with but before we get into any of the trailers i feel like we need to discuss like how does someone just waltz up on stage at the game awards dude that was wild who doesn't who doesn't belong there like i i don't because where else did this happen this happened recently somewhere else didn't it someone just like waltzed up on stage and like it's it's like i get that it's not like the oscars let me tell you something confidence is absolutely everything absolutely everything you You would be you would be surprised where you can go and what you can get away with with a little bit of confidence i mean honestly though like that's a little scary if you think about it. Like, he was just a kid who was trying to troll everybody. But, like, imagine if he had other intentions and it was just so easy yeah. to just walk up on stage. Hopefully that means next year they're, like, locking down security a little bit better somehow. I wonder, like, how does security at those events work? Because, again, it's not the Oscars. It's not the Emmys. It's not, like, that high profile. But at the same time, like... It's getting to be higher profile. It's the award show for a lucrative industry. And you shouldn't be able to just waltz up on stage. Like, again, and, you know, Tactic, you're right. Confidence is everything. But at a certain point, like, I, 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 truthfully, I didn't watch this, but... When he went up on stage, weren't there a bunch of other people accepting the award? And wouldn't they look and be like, who is that person? But no one's going to say anything. He's not They're just going to be like, here. huh, and just observe quietly to themselves until it's too late. Because everyone's too scared of like being wrong and like saying that guy doesn't belong here. And he's like, oh, no, I'm the CEO of Elden Ring Incorporated. And you're right. like, oh, I'd suck. Yeah. I don't know. Plus, I think people are just naturally non-confrontational. Like, I, I know totally why. understand why and how what happened happened. But because of how non-confrontational I am, I can't imagine being like, I'm going to do this this goof by going up on stage in front of, you know, and, and taking into account both the live and like streaming audiences, like millions of people probably, or some hundreds of thousands of people and do this weird goof. And then like, I don't know, maybe get arrested for it. I've seen like varying accounts of that in, in the recent days of like, they said he was arrested and then someone's like, he wasn't arrested. Anyways... I didn't want to just like gloss by that point because that was like one of the major things that happened at the event was that that happened because it was the game of the year award. It was like Elden Ring. Oh, yeah. It was like the big moment at the end of the show. Yeah. I mean, look, it's not in terms of like scandal and viralness. It's not quite, you know, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars, but it's it's the game awards version of that, I guess, at least for 2022. Now, yeah, Bill Clinton. Orthodox, formerly Orthodox Rabbi Bill Clinton. Is that what he said? I have no idea. Something very, it's, and that's the other thing. It was kind of like nonsense. If you're going to do a goof, at least have it make sense. What does that even mean? What am I supposed to take away from that? That was the other thing I immediately thought. Like I heard that he had said that and I was like, I don't, I don't get the joke. And the other thing too is he blended in with the crowd. Like that's the beauty about this industry is it's, it doesn't fit a stereotype. So like it worked. It worked, but the joke did not did not play. Next time, kid, if you're listening, I don't know what your name is. If you're listening, pick a better joke. But also like troll, be effective. Don't go up on stage at major award shows or really any event that you're at. Don't do that. Don't be that person. Yeah. Do it the old fashioned way. Tweet something. All right. If you want to be funny, that's the place. I've seen a lot of funny tweets in my day. In any case, lots of games, lots of things to discuss. At the risk of going in any particular order, I'm going to open this up the way that we often do to start these things. And I want to ask you guys kind of individually, what, if you had to pick a favorite of these announcements, of these trailers, putting you on the spot, I'm going to put Tectic on the spot first. I feel like I usually put Nerd Bomber on the spot and and that goes well about 50% of the time. So Tectic, make it 100%. What was your favorite tease, your favorite reveal, your favorite trailer on the day? So... 
I'm going to upset Nerd Bomber a little bit here. But the I swear if you steal mine, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to like upset you in a, in a different way. There was one that I absolutely am very excited to play, but there's one that just really blew me away. And unfortunately, it was all cinematic. And that was the Diablo trailer. It just looked absolutely badass. Okay, this enrages me because I've been trying to get him to play any Diablo game. And... Diablo 4 is not going to be any different in terms of format compared to the other Diablo games. They're going to be top-down, same-style game. And it is one of the only couch co-op games left that we haven't played, and he just refuses to play it because he doesn't like top-down games, even though it's a well-renowned game. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I can hear your blood pressure going up uh, from over here. So you have this as your favorite trailer. You have to play it. Bam. Ha. No, I said it was it was not the one I'm excited for. The one that I'm absolutely excited for to play. So this one was created by the same creators of Bioshock, Judas. I it, I mean, this looks like Bioshock, but you're a girl. It's what it really looks like. And I'm here for it. I loved that game. I'm glad they're porting it basically to the latest console. And please continue to let me manipulate all various kinds of elements through my hand thingy. Well, I don't think it's going to be like a direct port, but stylistically and in terms of even like gameplay features, like you said, the, the hand magic and there's like hand devices and stuff like that, that's all in this game. But even like, like I said, stylistically down to the graphics, it looks like a Bioshock game. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm going to side kind of with not that you were disagreeing with it necessarily, but I'm going to side with Tectic here and say this is look, this is Bioshock again. Now, do I have a problem with that? Absolutely not. But it should be characterized that way because it is literally Bioshock again. And, you know, don't fix what isn't broken. Uh, you know, it, it is on a starship. It's not obviously underwater or in the sky or well, they, yeah, there were two underwater, one in the sky. I love the idea of this. I think it looks graphically beautiful. Uh, I'm, I'm very on board. The art style is very similar. Gameplay looks very similar. So, yeah, I was definitely into Judas. Have we all played Bioshock games? by this point i played the first one and part of the second one i started the third one because i heard nothing but good things about it and couldn't get into it and i know that makes me a bad person that so makes you, you a terrible person it makes me a bad person i know that i'm i'm still like i'm working through that i feel like I'm, you would really like the time. story of bioshock infinite if you gave back went back and gave it another shot honestly you are probably the millionth person to say that to me in fact you might have been you probably said that to me before I probably am all million of the people who said that to you. I know other people, but you've probably said it to me many times. But yeah, it, it, it's a it's a gap for me that I don't know. I think it might have been one of those situations where I just played it at the wrong time. Very similar to right now I'm playing Assassin's Creed 2 and I had already tried playing that before, many years before, and I was playing it at the wrong time. Now I'm playing it at the at the right time. So sometimes it's really just timing uh, with, with games like that. In addition yeah. to Judas, there's like a whole laundry list of ones that I'm like, this, this showcase blew me away. There's a whole laundry list of games that I really want to clamor about that I'm like absolutely excited about. And when I picked Judas, it's really just almost like a three-way tie, but I don't want to clamor about every single one. I want to give you guys an opportunity to pick your favorites if you're more decisive than I am. Nerdbomber, the floor is yours. Hades too. If anybody is surprised by this, then you probably didn't hear me gush about Hades last summer when I played it forever. I think I sunk like a over 100 hours into that game. Dude, Hades 2, I did not know that was even coming because Supergiant Games does not make sequels to their games ever. They usually just move on to something new. And I'm really excited because the premise of Hades is you're Zagreus, who is Hades' son, and you're actually trying to escape hell. So you're trying to battle your way out of hell and you keep dying over and over, but you like unlock and buy upgrades and come up with, you know, different, I don't want to call them loadouts, but different combos of things that you earn throughout the course of your run through. And it makes it just super fun and fresh. Now in this one, you're going to be playing Hades daughter and you're battling your way into hell from above ground. Cause like, you know, there's the moon. So obviously, you know, you're above ground trying to work your way down because it looks like Hades is chained up and uh, you have to go save him. I don't know what Zagreus is doing, but uh, it looks like you have to go save him. There's one thing that I'm really interested to see is, you know, how they kind of explain away Zagreus in this one, because if Hades is chained up, why is he not helping Hades? Because, you know, one of the best things about the first game was the story and the lore. And 
it's the characters are super fleshed out the longer you play and kind of what propels you to keep playing is not just, you know, trying to find the right combo to escape hell, but, you know, learning more about the characters. And even after you roll credits and beat the game the first time, there's like still more that you can play because you're trying to learn more about the backstory of what's going on. I want to know, like, they kind of, I don't want to give a spoiler, but like, I guess put your earmuffs on if you haven't played the game, but you kind of get to a good place with Hades. So where is Zagreus? Will you encounter him? Will he be trying to prevent you from getting down into hell? Like what is happening there? I'm so stoked about this. I couldn't put my earmuffs on because I, I'm like part of this conversation, but I haven't played the first one. So, but I feel like you won't. I'm mad at you. You should. Yeah, no, I, I, I won't. I, I, what I will say about Hades too is I would agree. It's not the one that I saw that I was most excited about. I think it looked the best from like virtually every perspective I could think of. I think it looked like the most polished thing on display here. And that's, you know, that's including things like Jedi Survivor that, you know, are designed to be these cinematic experiences and the trailers are basically mini movies in their own right. I think Hades 2 looked the looked the best. So, yeah. You should play Hades because it's just so good. From someone who, because I believe you like historical, I don't want to call it religious lore, but I'm know. not, I'm not a myth, mythology is the word. Good, thank you. Thank Brain is off. I'm not a huge mythology guy. No? Actually. Okay. No. I don't know why I thought that you were. He's an average size mythology guy. I'm up. I'm open to it. I'm a little bit indifferent. What I let me talk about what I'm not indifferent about because there were a couple things here that tickled the old fancy, so to speak. One thing definitely for me was Scars Above, which if you watched Scars Above's trailer, I mean, I will say I was excited about it. The first thing I thought was this is Returnal again. It looked very similar to Returnal in a lot of ways, but maybe without like all the rogue. Is it light or like? I know we figured it's out like. that it, it's like. I believe it's like. It I'm doesn't. I don't think it has the rogue like distinction, which automatically makes it better in my book. Which scares me. I know I just waxed about Hades, but like I genuinely don't like roguelites or likes. I was definitely into Immortals of. I don't know if it's Avium or Avium. They might have said it in the trailer, but I watched like a million trailers. So I'm not sure. I was definitely into that one as well. We didn't see much from that one it was very it was a very cinematic trailer that didn't really show some of these trailers do an interesting thing where they're like here's a first person view of what your character is going to do and you're like okay but i don't know i have no context for what they're doing there were a couple of a couple of trailers that did that so for but i still this thought that one, was really good i actually went because i kind of had the same feeling as you where i was like i don't really have a good sense of what this game is but it looks really cool so i googled it and apparently the developer said that one of the developers somebody on the dev team basically said that when they were trying to ideate and come up with this idea, this concept, they were thinking to themselves, like, I want there to be a Call of Duty game, like a first-person battlefield-esque sort of campaign. But instead of helicopters, I want there to be dragons. Or instead of, you know, guns, I want to be able to wield magic. And that's kind of like where they got the idea for this game. I was definitely into that one. Meet Your Maker is another one. That was I, another one that I was go, very go excited through. about. Yeah, this one loved the vibe of this. This really the trailer reminded was very me creative. of Ghost. Ghost Runner. So it, it gave me Ghost Runner vibes in terms of, and I don't know, Legal, if you ever got around to playing this or trying the demo for this at all. I played the demo and it was too hard. It, it was very really punishing. But it reminded me of Ghost Runner in the sense that you're trying to basically like wall run and ninja sword your way through enemies and like weird hallways obstacles all that sort of thing but i think what was cool about this one is that all of the levels and stuff that you're running through are all player designed and you also get to take your turn as the person designing levels to try to stop other players from being able to you know ghost run their way through your I guess, tower thing and get to your loot. And I think that's a really cool concept. I really like sandbox aspect games. I, I'm sure, I, I think I would respond very well to that style of gameplay of, okay, attempt one, kind of figure out what's going, what the way the land is in this place, get killed, attempt two, try again. And like, it doesn't quite have the scale of something like Returnal, like this massive roguelike of like, each of your runs is eight hours long. No, presumably it would be less, you know, a lot less punishing than that. But it still gives you this kind of iteration that I think can be positive. I want to get to kind of the, I want to flip the script and get to like things that didn't really entice us. But before we do, I want to also give 
specific kudos to what I thought was the most graphically impressive trailer. And again, I know these are cinematics, so they aren't very indicative of like actual gameplay experience, but the most impressive graphical display that I saw was Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. Now, I have absolutely no context for Armored Core. Haven't played a single minute of any one of those games, but man, I was kind of blown away by what I saw in that one. I disagree. <laughs> really? Okay. But Give the debate. Don't just say I disagree. It's the, the reboot of the one you played many moons ago. That one I thought looked absolutely fantastic. I thought Lords of the Fallen was actually the most just beautifully crafted looking game, period. I do want to talk about that, but I don't think I've moved on from Armored Core yet. I I struggle with this because this looks really cool, but it's a FromSoft game. And like, I don't like Souls-like. I think their games are too hard and I know everybody's going to come at me and just say get good. But like, that's also why Elden Ring was not up my alley either. I don't like, like, I guess I just don't have enough time to play the same boss fight or something like that over and over again so i guess i need to know if this game is going to be as punishing as a dark souls game or if it's going to just be you know something new from FromSoft that isn't necessarily that difficult but they're going to lean into you know a different style of gameplay because it's obviously much different than your dark souls or elden ring type game like you're a mecca you know i think it might be neither i mean armored core assuming from software has done all the armor core games because armor core six then i would assume whatever that franchise has been it's going to try to continue to be whether that now whether that is like extremely difficult much like the souls like games are i don't really know but i think there's probably a body of experience and that's another thing i wanted to bring up you know a lot of these are sequels and a lot of them are sequels to franchises that i have not had any involvement in so like (laughs) another one again not to dance around remnant 2 i was like this looks really really cool and like a really really cool vibe it looked kind of like a combination of a lot of different genres and it looked like something that i would respond to but i was like what is what is it the sequel to remnant from the ashes i missed that one we haven't played it it (laughs) came out of i don't know if it was like in the last two years or four years because time is a weird construct for me right now but essentially it's like a a three-player online co-op experience and i believe the first one actually got pretty decent reviews from like a a player-based standpoint i I think people enjoyed it they're making a second one yeah i I would hope it did if they're making a second one but yeah there were a couple like that i do i do want to circle around though and get to like the the worst of awards and this you know obviously much like our favorites this is this is very subjective but i do want to lead off and say like and i i want to say i did not play death stranding so i watching this trailer i have no context if your cinematic reveal trailer is four minutes long and has multiple endings uh you're doing trailers wrong that's like i i just it it had a hard time it was very visually nice to look at like they got the actors photorealistic again i don't think it was multiple i'm sure the story is very involved i think in the fashion at one point they showed the credits like halfway through you know i i I, like why would you do that it's they showed a credits page like coming this year and then it's like okay here's two more minutes I just I feel like the trailer design was off and I think the same thing was true of the first trailer and I think I probably complain in exactly the same way someone can go back and check the tape but it was very I think it's just Kojima's style of keeping the players not knowing what they're watching but see this is what turned me off of the first game altogether I feel like Death Stranding the original game like we got beat over the head with that in the advertising cycle You know, it felt like we got 18,000 trailers and none of them gave you any clarity as to what you would expect besides you're just walking around with a baby. And I was having a a Twitter interaction with someone this when I was watching the Game Awards and I was like, I just don't have any interest in Death Stranding. And it's not even just the fact that it's a lot of walking, but I think when there's such forced mystery in the advertising cycle, like when that's your strategy and you're really giving me nothing to go on. And then even then I hear people play the game and they don't really understand what's going on. And the story is just so convoluted that, you know, you have to go read a website guide to figure out what the heck happened in the game that you just spent like 20 hours playing. Like, that's just not it for me. And I I don't think a sequel is going to solve that problem because it seems like, again, it's just more baby mystery weirdness nonsense happening and i think maybe it's just not for me like i play a lot of weird games though like control was also very mysterious but i loved control so i don't i don't know i want to correct you on one thing that you just said it's baby weirdness mystery with tentacles 
<laughs> yeah, sorry. Forgot right. about the tentacles. And it's the second one. Yeah, it's it, it just like, I, I don't, yeah, and I kind of agree with what you were saying at the end there in your bumper of like, I don't know that this is not for me, and but I, I'm never getting a chance to know because it just doesn't feel accessible. And I honestly, and maybe, you know, you can say that I have a tiny brain or whatever, but like four minutes is too long for a trailer of this nature. And it's, I think you're right. I think it's priding itself on being obscure and hard to follow and hard to understand. And like, yeah, people love his games and people like that style and they power to them. But for, it's just, it. that's why it's not for me. It's the game itself might be for me. The story might even be for me. But the way it's being dished out is bordering on nonsensical to me. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm sure people are going to show up on Twitter and tell me that I'm wrong in various ways. And that's no, fine. no. I, in this one, I, I disagree with you all the time. But this is this is the game version of abstract art. And if yeah, you, if and you don't get it, you're it. just not cultured, whatever that means. Right. But, call me uncultured. Call me tiny brain. Just don't call me late for supper. You know what I mean? Any other games you guys want to bring up as being whack? Crash know? Team Rumble. I was very excited recently because I think in the last like... I don't want to say 10 years, but I feel like Crash was having a little bit of a, like a, a franchise resurgence. You know, there was Crash Team Racing that came out, the Crash Insane Trilogy, Crash 4. It felt like we were like getting back on the Crash train. And so when I saw a new Crash game was being announced, I was like, OK, this is awesome. I can't wait for the next installment. And instead we get this weird like, I, d- I don't know if I want to call it like a MOBA but it's like a weird arena competition team thing. And like, who is buying this? I'll tell you who, and I'll tell you what it is. It's a party game. It's people playing party games and there's nothing wrong. This isn't a party game. If you look at it, it's like an arena brawler style thing, like four on four teams. Right. We don't even know for sure if it's going to be co-op on the same system because every time we see a game like an arena Uh, style game, like a lot of times you can't play it on the same system. That is a fantastic point. I don't know if this is a party game. And if not, I genuinely don't know who this is for because I don't know that Crash has a big enough following at the moment for people to abandon actual good games like uh, your Overwatches or your Fortnites or things that are free, maybe not necessarily the same like style, but like I don't see people buying this. So I, I would think- even say Rocket League fall- falls into a similar category of like team on team battle arena style kind of thing. Granted, it's totally different and again, but like it it does feel like it's trying to fill a niche that doesn't exactly match its IP. I think I only agree with you if this game is online multiplayer only if it is couch co-op there's a niche there's a reason why super smash brothers is as popular as as it is it is undoubtedly one of the most common all your friends gather around the tv and play at home not just online and if it does that in a same fashion i could see this having its own niche okay so i give you i give you another question though your friends all come over not everybody's a gamer. Typically, when you dip into like party games like that, not everybody's going to be a gamer. You say, hey, I've got Mario or I have Crash. More people are going to know your Mario or Nintendo IPs and want to play that than boot up this game. So like, I, I guess I just I struggle to see the market for this. And it's it a hard feel- genre to break into. Yeah. And it just feels like something that might kill the IP again, because if this doesn't sell well or do well, they might just put crash back in the can and i think they just need to continue making mainline games or racing games because the racing games were good i before seeing a trailer for it and i know it's called whatever crash team rumble i was expecting a racing game that's kind of what i've come to expect from crash these days because i I think that is kind of one of their most well-known one of the most well-known aspects of that ip so i was surprised to see what it was i didn't actually hate it but i i certainly did not think to myself i'm gonna go get that and and play it i hate it for the potential to kill the franchise before we hit our break tactic any any bad boys you want to shout out uh, i was here mainly with you on kojima's wonderful abstract art yeah which is exactly what it was so we're gonna we're gonna take a short break now before we come back and dive even deeper into the discussion there's a lot of big titles we have not hit yet but before we do that i would be remiss if i did not shout out our fantastic 
Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen, hopefully you're listening right now. Hopefully you're hearing this shout out and hopefully you're having a happy holiday season. Stephen is a night level subscriber on our Patreon. As a result, he gets this shout out every episode. He gets input into our weekly game segment, which I'm hosting this week. So more on that later. He also, of course, gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and the occasional guest spot on the show. Stephen was on with us recently. You may or may not have heard him. You may or may not have heard how noble he was and is. There is also a squire level of support on our Patreon, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And there is a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. Go over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details on any and all of those levels of support. Thank you again to Steven. We are going to step away and we will take a short break before coming back to continue talking about the game awards. Hello, Meat Popsicles. Why don't you grab your multipass, a drink, and come sit with us? Let's pick each other's brain. We want you to be part of our intimate conversation about science fiction topics. Let's do this. Join us, and let's talk about science fiction topics in books, movies, TV shows, and games. At Science Fiction Remnant, you are invited to listen in. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget your multipass. I'm going to steer the conversation in a different direction in the interest of continuing to give out superlatives. I'm giving out a most improved award, which may seem confusing. But what I mean by that is when we talked about Suicide Squad killed the Justice League, probably back, I think E3 probably would have been when we talked about it. I don't think I was altogether like super interested in it. I am now. I thought that in part because of the Kevin Conroy tribute, but also in part because of how good what they showed was. I'm all aboard the Kill the Justice League train. I mean, I don't want to kill the Justice League, but like, I think this game looks amazing. I think it looked very, very rock steady in the sense that I want, I mean, I played Arkham Asylum and loved it. I would love for more of that kind of rock steady stuff. So I don't know what you guys thought about that one, but I was, I'm giving that my most improved award for the entire event. I mean, I was excited the day they announced this. I think it looked great. I mean, they, we saw that they were battling the, the flash in that, in the original trailer. And now this showing Batman, assumedly under either another dimension, Batman or the just leagues bag. But I think that they're all under mind control and that's why they're getting them. I believe he had some kind of spooky eyes. Yeah. Spooky eyes. I don't know if anyone else noticed that. I believe they're under the control of of someone. I, I this vaguely seems familiar, but this I love darkness. I love flawed characters. I love when good people go bad. And oh, whew, chef's kiss, just chef's kiss. I mean, yeah, it, it, I think it looked great. So I, I'm giving that most improved, one of the highest profile for sure in this list. Another super high profile that I mentioned in passing, but we didn't really dive too deeply into was Jedi Survivor, which again, you know, I was mostly watching this thinking, man, I, you know, for those who don't know, who just started listening to the podcast, I think a couple times now I've talked about my experience with Jedi Fallen Order and how I started it and was super excited. And then I was like, this is too hard and I'm a wimp. So I stopped. <laughs> See, because that I'm not willing to lower difficulty me. to easy, like which we've talked about. I don't know. I feel like I guess I would have assumed that you would have powered through it and or changed the difficulty just to get that good Star Wars goodness. I don't change difficulty. We, we've we've, we've I, been through I this. I know that, but I'm like, not willing to do that. How are you going to be a Jedi otherwise? He's going to have to I grow. I, I, I know. The answer is I won't. The answer is I'll just I'll do that. Be like Han Solo or something. I don't know. This trailer... It had every, it truly had everything. I think this was exactly what they needed to show. He's growing facial hair, guys. That's yeah. He's grizzled. He's becoming a Jedi. That's what that. That's what that means. Any sort of plot details, I had no like. I think there was probably at least one character reveal in this that I was like, I don't know. I don't know who this is. But I didn't care because lightsabers. A big reveal was the cross hilt Kylo Ren style lightsaber pop at one point in there. I was into that. I was into the whole thing. I've I've really no notes on that. It was, I mean, it was pretty much what I expected. It matched my expectation, but that's what Star Wars games should do, and that's what they need to do. So I don't know. Is that going to be a is that going to be a day one buy for you guys? I don't know how uh, all aboard the Fallen Order train you guys were really, but I just know you were more than me. I really enjoyed it. I think I might be the only one in this group who actually beat the game, which is surprising since I am by far the weakest Star Wars nerd on easy mode on though. The podcast. Yeah, but like that should say enough about the characters and the storytelling in the game that, you know, 
when I found it too hard, instead of just being like, eh, I'm going to give up, I turned it to easy mode because I was so compelled by the story and figuring out what was happening that I was willing to continue along for the ride. A lot of times it has to be a good game for me to put it on easy mode, even if I'm having a hard time to continue through with the story. So I don't know. I thought it was really good. And I'm really looking forward to this because like you said, the trailer really had a little bit of everything. It had, you know, new character and companion reveals it had really cool fight sequences it seemed like there were some new abilities that were revealed in this trailer and i just can't wait to dig back in because it was fun i think it was probably the most fun that i've had with star wars in a while so i'm looking forward to this yeah i mean i think we're all pretty much in agreement on the good lookingness of jedi survivor i want to now steer things i want to gripe for a second if you'll allow me I don't know what the development cycle I and mean, development cycles of games are different, but, and I don't know how reactive studios and devs are to, you know, the prevailing markets, but there are a handful of games on this list that I haven't mentioned any of them really because they really all blended together. And that's anything high fantasy that is like, I don't want to say they're trying to be Elden Ring, but they were all blending together. Just looking at the list, I would put Behemoth in this category. I would put Baldur's Gate 3 in this category. I feel like Behemoth, there's a, you're running through them, but I feel like I've got comments on all of these. So like Behemoth is interesting to me because this is a VR game. Like when I saw the trailer, it looked very generic. And then I realized that everything was a VR first person view. And they dropped that at the end, which was interesting. It was an interesting aspect of that trailer for sure. Like it looks more stunning than any other VR game that I've seen advertised, except maybe the Horizon VR game that's coming up. Like graphically, I'm wondering, because I know the graphical limitations of the MetaQuest and the PSVR headset, but this is going to be on PSVR too. And like, I'm wondering if the graphics that we're seeing, like obviously this is a cinematic trailer, they're not going to like to say, make it look like trash. But like, it looked really pretty. And also, how are they going to make sure that the player doesn't get motion sick? Because there's a lot happening here. I will add a question, which is how he's just he's just a, a, a man. How can he beat that giant thing at the end? You can't do it. You're going to lose. That's a problem that I had. I feel like I know. Magic and friendship. It's going to have to be a lot of magic. I, I do agree. I think that looked like the best one of the bunch, but there was there were so many. And like, again, Baldur's Gate 3, I have no context. Lord of the Fallen, also no context. Baldur's Gate is a big Dungeons and Dragons continuation. So it was a franchise like the first Baldur's Gate games were very good and very well loved. So this is a big, you know, anticipated sequel for a lot of people, though I've never played the yeah. original ones. And I, I certainly it's been a long time coming. I know that much about the franchise, but I it's been so long coming and it seems like there's a lot of baggage that it's carrying that I I know nothing about. So And the Lords of the Fallen, I find that one super interesting because this is actually a reboot of an old series and the pivot here is what I find interesting. So Lords of the Fallen was back in I think in like 2008 and it was kind of like a Souls-like back then, but it was not as dark and this one, this iteration, they're rebooting the series completely. It looks like they're really leaning into like horror fantasy, which is cool. I guess cool, not cool if you're me who doesn't like that kind of stuff. It's an interesting pivot if you're familiar with the first game. I also want to, in the interest of bringing up trends that I don't care for, by by the way, to be clear, there was so much good content at this Game Awards. I'm, in a sense, looking for things to complain about because that's my brand. But one commonality amongst many, many games, I know Wayfinders was guilty of, sorry, Wayfinder was guilty of this. Blue Protocol was guilty of this. Even Hades, to an extent, was guilty of this. There are a lot of games that do this thing now where they're like, okay, it's going to be third person fighting with magic. And the amount of color, brightness, and general visual overstimulation that you are going to have to endure to play this game is going to be, we're cranking it to 11. And uh, I don't like that. I like things like... Uh, and to you shout are an game. old man. Yeah, who <laughs> I'm an old man. you? How do you uh, play Nintendo games? I do fine. Uh, back in my day, the televisions were black and white. Hellboy, Web of Word. Extremely subtle. Very here for it. Very graphically unique not in your face there are so many i I think there are a lot of games that are like we want to slap you so hard in the face with just shiny beams coming out of people's hands that you're not gonna be able to see anything else for like two days and i don't i don't know you know in a world full of mythical quest there's also it's also worth mentioning the game crime boss the cringe squad i really want to mention that one (laughs) because 
<laughs> yeah. So and when I say I, the cringe I, squad, it is not called the cringe squad, but like it's called Rocky City, which I also don't like the, the subtitle. It that that trailer did the amazing thing of like, hey, we know you're just here for like Danny Trejo, and I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're like, yes, you are. Here's Danny Trejo. Here's Chuck Norris, and like, and the video I watched was like a live vanilla. People ice. were clapping. And people were clapping. People were into it, but I was like, what? Like, I think the game could be cool. But it was just so over focused on, hey, we got all these like mid to B level famous people to like make appearances in our game. And for that reason and for that reason alone, you are going to love it. Well, see, I think it's kind of clever, though, because this whole shtick is going back to the 90s. And all of these people were like, I don't want to call them like cult favorites because I don't want to diminish Danny Glover. But they all kind of were cultish famous back then like they weren't big stars but they were like the ones that everyone was like huh, chuck norris you know who is now kind of crazy but and in a sense it worked because we're talking about it right but like it just i don't know if that i don't really know much about the game other than that there's all these famous folks in it and like they they made a sort of a visual footprint and i actually liked it but at the end of it i was just left thinking like wow you really just seem to be overvaluing how much i care about like chuck norris i, I think part of it too is like the cyberpunk effect of like the Keanu Reeves reveal was a very big deal for cyberpunk. But like, guess why? Like it's, that's Keanu Reeves. It's like a, first of all, it's a different level of celebrity. Yeah, don't you and dare put all, Keanu on the same playing field as Chuck Norris. Everybody loves Keanu Reeves. And like, yeah, there is like a nineties nostalgia factor to it. But like, you cannot tell me that I care half as much about Danny Glover as I do about Keanu Reeves. <laughs> like it's just, and by the way, cyberpunk, I believe they just added Idris Elba, which is another, like, that's great. That one makes a little more sense than like here's a lot of you know whatever people i'm gonna stop ranting and being depressing any other things you guys want to hit that we have not hit yet because there's a lot a lot on this list no i think the only other thing that i wanted to mention is that i'm just surprised you weren't psyched about dune because we all know i hate dune but you love i am interested in dune yeah now I think it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate so clearly using the movie's aesthetic without without basing anything on it and giving away any story. I think this looked like potentially, not that Halo has a bad story, but like it looked like Halo with a better story. Maybe not in the multiplayer aspect, but like get out of here. It, it looks like space combat. I don't know. I, I was I was very intrigued by this Halo with with better stories. Probably a pretty big oversell, but I like this. I did have intent of mentioning it. The other thing, continuing to just dance as fast as I can here. The Super Mario Brothers clip. I actually like this. I I don't have very many bad things to say about it. Toad was a fantastic casting. If it's like focused on Toad, I'm there for it. Just like stop talking Mario. That's like, it's where I'm at. Yeah, honestly, if we can just like remove Mario from his own movie and just have all the tertiary characters, I've loved everything until Mario opens his mouth. Like the use of tubes and like the platforms, the moving platforms, I thought was like chef's kiss. Toads everywhere, chef's kiss. As soon as I heard Chris Pratt trying whatever accent he was doing, I was like, hmm. Think about everything you know about me. You guys have known me for quite a few years now. We had Greg Edmondson on the podcast. I was fanboying so hard. I was like, the music, the use of the music in this clip, that was what sold me. I was like, okay, they're being diligent. They're taking care with the musical themes that everybody knows. They're incorporating them in the right way. They're putting a twist on them. I accept all of that. And like you said, Chris Pratt, his voice and like, his everything was very notably absent from this clip which i'm thinking was probably a crafty marketing move of like what clip can we put can we show at the game awards that involves the least chris pratt possible because we need to do damage control and uh they did that well i I don't know maybe that's cynical but the game awards there was a lot that we did not get to here the only thing i can see here that we didn't even mention we didn't really talk about banishers we didn't really talk about nightingale and then there's a bunch not on our short list a lot of dlcs for horizon i think destiny had a new dlc stuff that we just did not have time to talk about we want to throw it over to the listeners what did you guys see at the game awards either in the content or in what was awarded because we didn't talk much about that either that you liked that you didn't like what do you want us to talk to you about? Hit us up at Online Warriors One is our main show's Twitter account. We also have at OW Lady Six, that's me, at OW Tactic, and at OW Nerd Bomber. It's time for What Are You Up To Wednesday? And I'm going to have Nerd Bomber tell us what she's been up to. All right. So I've been playing a lot of stuff. First and foremost, I can't remember if I finished it shortly after last week's episode or shortly before last week's episode, but A Plague Tale was great. It was just great. It was, I have to collect my thoughts for a second. Great. It was great. (laughs) It was really great. Like, it was very dark. It was as draining as I was saying for the last few weeks. But in a way, 
akin to The Last of Us. And the ending was one of those things where, you know, when you finish a game or you finish a book or you finish a movie, and I don't know if emotionally devastating is the right word, but like you just have to sit Draining. there. Yeah the, yeah. the credits are rolling. And this is the same thing that happened to me at the end of The Last of Us. Like the credits rolled and I just sat there and I just took it in and processed. And I think if you like The Last of Us, you should go play this series it is well worth it. You have to be in the right mind space, much like you have to be for The Last of Us. But it was really good. And this was something that was up for a bunch of Game of the Year awards, did not win anything. And I'm not going to say got snubbed because I'm sure God of War Ragnarok was deserving. That is coming in the mail sometime this week. But honestly, it should have gotten some recognition somehow because it was it was that good in terms of like the storytelling. It was that good. And then, you know, because I needed a little bit of a breather, like I couldn't do another heavy story. I didn't really know what I wanted to play. Like, you know, when you're in that lull, when you can't pick up like another long commitment right away. And I knew like God of War is coming. So I like didn't want to commit to anything crazy. I picked up this little game called Vampire Survivors. And uh, this is a game that you can get on Steam for like $3. It's on Game Pass for free. If you have Game Pass, obviously Game Pass isn't free. I think it's on most consoles. It's on iOS. It's fairly cheap. You're going to look at it and you're going to be like, what are you talking about? This looks janky as hell. That's what I said. And so is it not, is it not scary? I, it is, it is not. It is not. No. So this is like a, it looks like it's straight out of the 80s. You know, pixel art, very minimal artistic design in terms of like the level, at least the first one. And what you'll see in like videos and trailers, it looks like you're just walking around this very blank, grassy, repeated pattern tile area and essentially you start out with a weapon and this is a two button game and by that i mean your joystick and the a button to select things so essentially you start out on a map and you're a hero of some sort and you have a weapon right and it deploys automatically at a certain time span and there's bats or other creatures coming at you and you have to either defeat them with your weapon or avoid them because eventually, you know, like more and more start coming in bigger waves and you have to stay alive for as long as you can. But as you kill these various bats or monsters, they'll drop little experience gems. And every time that you level up, you get to unlock either an upgrade for your current weapon or another weapon or buff. So for example, the first character that comes automatically unlocked has like this whip thing. So it lashes out at the the bats coming at you. So like if you level up, you can either upgrade the whip so it's omnidirectional instead of just one direction, or you can say get a magic wand that also shoots magic wand balls at the bats in a more like ranged fashion. Or you can get like a protective barrier bubble thing that'll take a hit and then regenerate after a while. And essentially it's very simple. You're just walking around, getting a bunch of upgrades and trying to survive as long as you can. And it sounds like kind of a dumb premise, but because there's so many different characters to unlock, so many different like weapon and buff combos that you can unlock, it's just like this mindless way. A run can take five minutes. It can take half an hour, mostly on the shorter side, depend until you start getting like better at it. But like, it's just, it's almost like playing solitaire. And every time you lose, you're like, okay, well, I got to play again because I, I want to win eventually. And that's just, that's just what you do. And it sounds stupid, but it's, very fun. And I think one of the most impressive things is how much strategy the the team, Ponkle, the developers, I believe it's like a small, maybe six person team, managed to implement in such a very simple game that's literally just walking around. So what's the duration to actually win? Uh, it depends on the level. So like the first level to unlock level two, I think you need to survive to experience level 10, which maybe takes like 10 minutes or so. The second one, you have to survive to level 40 in order to unlock the third map. And I think that one took me closer to like 25, 30 minutes. But, you know, you're not going to win every run because the upgrades that you'll get are very randomly generated. So you don't know what you're going to get. Everything is like kind of a new surprise. You'll try out different combos. And it's really like if you die, it's not a huge deal because you learn something. It is it's a roguelite, but it's not like somehow it doesn't piss you off because it's not like you lost a ton of progress. You know, you're just right back where you started. It's Is you, it a roguelite or a roguelike? Oh, God. I'm just kidding. I know. I know you don't know. No one knows. It's one of those. 
But it, it's a little bit different because there's not like excessive forward progress that you're losing. You know, it's something that you pick up and if you play it for like half an hour, you can be like, okay. And then you come back a couple days later and like, it's not like you don't sink two hours and then go, oh, if I would have lasted two and a half hours, I would have gotten so much farther. You know, it's not one of those. It's more like short sessions. Games need to make conscious efforts to keep morale up these days. And I think that's a good way to do so. Make the run short. So that is uh, what cool. I've been doing. Definitely recommend trying it out. I know it looks janky. Just give it a try. I'm going to go next because I you said something that resonated with me, which is that you, you picked up Vampire Survivors or Survivors. I can't remember if there's an S on the end because you didn't want to overcommit to something large. I have overcommitted to something large right before like video game gift season. And that thing is Assassin's Creed 2. I'm like, I'm, I think I'm finally starting. So here's what happened. Let me walk you through it. As I think I've mentioned in previous shows, in Assassin's Creed 2, one of the things that happens that makes it much more involved than the initially, like, the very linear Assassin's Creed 1 is you get a villa that you can, like, put a bunch of money into and upgrade. As you upgrade it, you get income. And your income increases as you put more upgrades into it, and therefore you just get more money. And I was like, that sounds fun. I'm going to upgrade the crap out of my villa instead of actually doing the game. Fast forward, like, a week and a half to two weeks... I've been doing the crap out of that, and so I'm not really making progress in the game. <laughs> I think I'm ju- I'm starting to now because I've kind of run out of things to upgrade. So I'm starting to actually like do main missions and stuff. I think my game completion is like in the low 30%, but my villa completion is in like the high 70s. So I'm starting to shift to like actually playing the game. Super, super fun. Having a great time. Definitely going to play the other two things in the Ezio collection after a bit of a break. But at this point, I would consider it kind of a race to beat the clock. Also during a busy time of year. So I guess we'll see if I do that. The other thing that I've been up to is... We watched a movie that was very, very buzzy. I don't know if you guys have watched this yet, if you've mentioned it on the podcast. I can't remember. Finally got around to watching Don't Worry Darling, which is, if you have HBO Max, it's it's free 99 right now. You can go watch it. It's already on HBO Max? It is. It actually has been for a while, too. Look, this movie, there were things about it that were good. Boy, could it have been so much better than it was. It definitely had a great premise, and it fumbled the execution. I think, for one thing... and. I think I've said this about a lot of movies recently, and it's, again, going to make me sound old, but it's also something that I really do think should happen. It could have been at least 20 minutes shorter than it was. And, like, I think a lot of movies these days are like, we have to be over two hours and no one's going to care. And I, if anything, feel the opposite to that. So I've never heard studios, you make that take. Okay, I, I, I can hear the sarcasm. It's, it's dripping. But, yeah, I, I think Florence Pugh was incredible. I think there was a lot of good performances. I think Chris Pine was also really good. Harry Styles, as you have, I'm sure, seen in like tweets and heard by now, he was very uneven. There were parts that were like pretty good, but he's Harry Styles. Like he's not, he's not an actor. I'm sorry. That's not like what this thing is. All in all, I'd probably give it like a B minus to a C plus as a movie experience goes, which uh, you could do worse. So I don't know. Make of that what you will. Tactic. Wrap us up here. So I got a couple updates. I've beat Pokemon. I've got all my badges. I completed the main storyline. I am done. And I ran through it so that I can get myself a seven-star terror raid for a Charizard. But I found out that I got to beat it again before I can unlock that. So gym battles, round two, here we come. Bring back the gym battles photo. Nerd Bomber, you know what I'm talking about. Jim Battles. Jim our Battles good friend, with a Z. Our good friend Jim, Jim Battles with a Z at the end. He's back. And so, he's stronger than he's ever been. So I'm going to keep on that train because I am going to get this Terror Raid Charizard. The other thing is we went to a Christmas sweater party and I made myself a little light up portable string lights things and i was the bell of the ball let me tell you you could i could i could land aircraft with how unnecessarily bright this thing was but you know what did you a couple landed in the living room but it was fine everyone was okay so that was fantastic and then the last thing was we watched a little bit of something christmasy we watched the guardians of the galaxy christmas special and let me tell you it was me with a capital me. <laughs> I'm surprised to hear that. I had high expectations for it. Not that I've watched it, but... And get, let me tell you something. Let's shout out to the previous week's episode. No explanation for Thick Root. Nothing. Yeah, see, that's... They need to address that. I'm sorry, they do. Just like make a one-line joke. 
Oh, you've been eating a lot of plant food. I don't know. I think my favorite part of the entire thing was just the interaction between Mantis and... Drax. Between Mantis and Drax. Yeah, between but, like, Mantis and Drax. Like Even their interactions were like weirdly like cringy. And, and, and sometimes it's like cringy where it works, where it's like, oh, they're just like so innocent and naive, so it's fine. But it was just... I don't know. It just seems... It, the whole contri- thing just seems like... Hey, we're Disney. We're going to force you to do this Christmas special. You have to do it. You're under contract. So do it. And so so the acting just all seemed kind of off to me. I just like that. Fair I enough. think that Star-Lord was not a major focus of this one. Like, I, I feel like Drax is one of the funniest characters in the entire Guardians team. And I think Mantis might become a close second now. And so to get pretty much distilled interactions and humor of just the two of them like yeah after a while it was like okay how much of this humor straight can you have but i don't know i like the fact that it focused on different characters in the team honestly the best acting was kevin bacon of, of kevin everyone Bacon's in there good. kevin kevin bacon was the well, one who really well, brought it he's a phenomenal actor plus he just had to play himself are we ready to come out and just say that as a podcast we're generally like we're down on chris pratt right now and pro Kevin Bacon. And pro Kevin Bacon. We're we're bacon bacon fans in every in every sense of the word. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm like down on him, but I feel like a lot of his characters are starting to become like samey. Yeah, he's and, as an actor, he's capital F fine, and I don't mean like foin. I mean like fine. Right. Thank you. Good. Good uh, clarification. Well, cool. Anything else to update us on, or is it is it quiz time? It's Quizzarella. Quiz Nation. Now we had a tie for the topic this week. At least last I was informed between the World Cup and David Harbor. And look, so the world I played of David soccer. Harbor is what you're going with? I played soccer for a long time, but I don't know a lot about the World Cup. So David Harbor, it is. But like focused on his cups. Folk. Well, you'll see. You'll have to just you have to just settle in and find out. I have five questions and a tiebreaker. All of them the usual Price is Right style of questions. We have Nerd Bomber at thirteen and ten and Tactic at thirteen and twelve. Tactic, it's do or die time, baby. I am eleven and eighteen, Steven two and two. So yeah. Without further ado, we can dive right into the Harbor Fest. In what year did David Harper begin his acting career? And we're gonna do ladies first. We're going to do ladies first. That's right. I'm trying to think when Winona Ryder started her acting career. Was it like the 80s? She was in that movie with Cher, no? 1980. I think it's a trick question. I think it was Jesus times. Uh, You're both. (laughs) It's interesting. Uh, I I find it very funny that you were like, I'm going to back this out from Winona Ryder. (laughs) 1999, guys. He hasn't been in the game for as long as you think. Uh, In 1999, he actually started on Broadway with a performance in The Rainmaker. And then that same year, he was in an episode of Law and Order. But like he wasn't on like a commercial as like a little kid saying, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Or something like that. Not not according to wikipedia so moving right along in his career that puts a uh, nerd bomber on the board one nothing by the way one of the roles that uh, really helped break him out early in his career he was in quantum of solace in 2008 which bond movie was that i'm looking for a number as in it was like the nth bond movie i'm looking for a number this is james bond cultural icon for better or for worse this was the ninth james bond movie I'm going to say the first one because I have no idea. It was like, they hit nine in like the 50s. You guys you guys don't know your James Bond. That was nope. the 22nd Bond movie. I do know my James Bond, but I thought she would have thought nine was a lot. So, so it was well played uh, on me. Technic on the board, we're tied at one. My father has the entire James Bond DVD box set in which I know exactly how many are in that. Well, it's more than nine. So one thing people may not remember, even though it was in 2019, was that he was in a reboot of Hellboy. It was categorized, again, at least by Wikipedia, as a box office bomb. How much did it gross? Who did he play? We're looking, we're, he, yeah. we're looking for U.S. dollars, by the way. He played Hellboy. What? You didn't know this? I didn't realize that was him. I remember the reboot, but I didn't know that was him. That was him. I know it bombed, but I feel like people probably like saw it because Hellboy, 30 million. That's like a really low. I'm going to say 55 million. Interestingly, it was $55.1 million. Holy crap. Wow. <laughs> so uh, it was against Nailed the $50 it. million dollar budget. So when you consider marketing and other things, I'm sure it lost money. Tactic is up two to one. And there are two questions to go. One of the one of his inspirations as a child to become an actor was the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, according to a recent interview. How many times 
did David Harbour, did young David Harbour see this movie in theaters? I'm going to say four times. I'm going to do the old plus one and say five. Get myself back in the game. Nerdbomber ties it up. It was 13 times. Now, four is my record. I saw Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl in theaters four times. Knives Out a close second with three times. I cannot imagine watching a movie in theaters 13 times, no matter how good it is. Yeah, that's a lot. So he must have really liked Raiders of the Lost Ark a lot. Now, my favorite question is the last one, as is often the case. You may remember in 2018, David Harbour had a, a stretch of time. I don't think it's happening much anymore, but he had a stretch of time where he was really into Twitter. And at one point, he asked Greenpeace, that's right, Greenpeace, if he could sail with them to the Antarctic and see the penguins. Greenpeace said, yeah, you can come on over with us so long as you tweet asking the internet and telling them about this and they have to get you a certain number of retweets. How many retweets did it need? I will give you a hint and tell you he did go over. I feel like it probably wasn't that much, like 100,000. 100,001. Oh, you jerk. Tactic plays the jerk card to great success. On January 21st, 2018, David Harbour said, Hey, Greenpeace, how many retweets to send me someplace to tell Emperor Penguin couples I think they have terrific parenting ideologies? Perhaps hone the hopper dance with the males. Greenpeace said, if you can get over 200,000, we'll ask the captain if you can join our expedition to the Antarctic and dance with the penguins. And that's exactly what happened. So... I wasn't that far tactic, off, though. In the grand not scheme that far of things. Tactic, you have closed the gap. And we are now at Nerd Bomber 13 and 11. Tactic at 14 and 12. Again, math, not my strong suit. I think Nerd Bomber still has the better percentage record. So, Tactic, you will Need be you to win. this week. You need me to win. <laughs> oh, no. You've never been in a worse situation. You need me to win. And I'm pretty sure if I lose, that I think that means you lose by default because there's only a couple of weeks left. In any case, we'll find out next week. And the what news happens. topic we thank will be you. things that irritate illegal. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you'll have to tune in next week to see. We thank you guys for joining us, for listening, for hearing our thoughts on the game awards if you liked what you listened to you can head over to apple podcasts leave us a review there come over to twitter at the handles we mentioned say hi to us and uh, let us know what you liked or didn't like about the game awards or about our show about the game awards thanks again for stopping by i'm going to swing things over to tech tick to take us out with a tech tip be the very best like no one ever was have a good week everyone